I really don't mean this in a disrespectful way. I admit I do not get monarchies. I don't understand why anyone would want a monarchy or like a monarchy. I don't know anything about the Queen Mother. I didn't care about the Queen Mother other than she's a human being. But I do just want to present this question. When the Queen Mother was dying, is that a, do we call her the Queen Mother or is that a religious thing for those people? I don't know. I haven't heard people do it, so I'll say the Queen. When the Queen was dying, did she get to take advantage of the loving hands of her family? Did she get to hold her kids and say goodbye to her loved ones? Or did she have another option given to her by force? The fight against COVID-19 is a lonely one, with hospital patients battling for survival without family or friends by their side. But two nurses in Brazil have discovered a small way to give a helping hand. They fill and tie latex gloves with warm water, like water balloons, and link them through patients' fingers to mimic the human touch. Yeah, my question is, did the queen die alone, zipped up into a plastic tent? Was she given a drug that's known to hasten death in many people? Was she ventilated? And did she have her lungs blown out? I honestly don't mean any disrespect to the queen or people who love the queen. I simply am going to ask again that we compare the way the elites are treating themselves versus us. And it's a very relevant question because of who is now the king. It's even more relevant because, and I cannot believe I'm about to share this with you. They are still intent on shoving the mRNA injections into the arms of your children. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Soda Weight Loss at SodaWeightLoss.com, partner of the week. When you talk with them, you'll find out there's no judgment. They're healthcare providers from way back, and most of them have been through the program on their own and dropped unwanted fat. SodaWeightLoss.com. Do you get monarchies? Uh, my wife and I are in firm lockstep agreement on this. We don't get it. I mean, people can become, people can be made comfortable by tradition. You know, my mom made it official some time ago that she's no longer a Catholic. And it was, it was very sad for me, the way she called to tell, well, she didn't call to tell me, but we were on the phone. And she said, honey, I don't know how you're going to take this but I've left the Catholic church. And I said, mom, with all love and respect to you, you dis, you, you excommunicated yourself 30 years ago. And I've never understood why you've continued to go because you don't agree with the church on anything. But she was comforted by the tradition. And I get a lot of people are comforted by the tradition of the monarchy and that, that the queen was a symbol of solidity um, and I guess, yes, tradition. Someone said, uh, reading comments about her death and, and someone said that she had been the solid leader, the unflappable leader. Okay, I don't live in Britain, UK, I don't get it. Maybe she was all those things. Figureheads sometimes are important in countries. We have a figurehead president who's not important. He's caustic and terrible and dangerous. Hour two today, we're going to talk about the fact that Bill Barr didn't care about that dangerous person, Joe Biden, or that dangerous person, Hillary Clinton. He didn't care about the dangerous person, Hunter Biden. He didn't care about the dangerous organization, Black Lives Matter Incorporated. He didn't care about the dangerous organization, Antifa. He could have done a lot of things and he didn't, but man, is he upset 
that President Trump's legal team has pushed back and gotten the special master assigned to that case. We'll talk about that next hour. Now, the questions I have about the Queen's death relate very much to the plans the party has for us. Because the new king, King Charles, is a firm member of the party. There's no question. This guy is, in fact, he's in the leadership of the party. That's very clear given his role with the World Economic Forum and his embrace of those ideas. But starting with the comments uh, made years ago, to be fair to her, Liz Truss, the new prime minister of, of, of England, at some point somewhere, she also didn't care for the monarchy. She put out a very respectful note uh, upon the queen's death and, and spoke, I think, lovingly and respectfully of the queen. But there was a time back in 1994 where she had a different, had, had a view of the monarchy that didn't align with the queen. One can hate the monarchy and love the queen. That's quite possible. But this was Liz Truss in 1994. The next speaker is Elizabeth Truss from Oxford West and Abingdon and president of the Oxford University Liberal Democrats. And would Norman Baker stand by, please, Elizabeth. Everybody in Britain should have the chance to be a somebody. But only one family can provide the head of state. We Liberal Democrats believe in opportunity for all. We believe in fairness and common sense. We believe in referenda on major constitutional issues. We do not believe that people should be born to rule. Or that they should put up and shut up about decisions that affect their everyday lives. Do you, conference, believe that? Do you? I was being interviewed by Newsnight earlier this afternoon. (laughs) Apparently they have Mockingbird Media or something. And we were filmed asking members of the public what they thought about the monarchy. We came across a group of three people. I'd say they were around 50, 60, looked fairly middle class, rather smart, in fact, rather reactionary, to be perfectly frank. We asked them their opinion of the monarchy. Do you know what they said? They said, abolish them. We've had enough. But believe it or not, conference, they didn't say this once. We met another group of people and another group of people and all three groups of people said, abolish the monarchy. In fact, conference, we couldn't find a single monarchist outside the Royal Pavilion. How ironic. I believe that the disillusioned of Brighton should have a chance to vote on this issue because I believe, like most Liberal Democrats, in democracy. Democracy with a capital D. Thank you, conference. Vote against Amendment 1 and vote for the motion. One can see why she chose politics. Now, that's relevant to this discussion about how the Queen died. Because people in the UK were made to die in a very certain way when they got the COVID flu. Their bodies are treated in very certain ways. It was the UK that began the practice of burning the corpses of aborted babies to heat the hospitals. That's a fact. It's the National Health Service that has been caught making people die of thirst. It was the National Health Service that lied about how many people were in hospital, as they say. And this was proven time and again during the COVID flu outbreak. Well, not the outbreak, because it had been around for a year and a half. But when they decided to dramatize the COVID flu, Does anyone remember the videos that came out of China with people walking through malls and suddenly dying from the COVID flu or waiting for a bus and falling over and having convulsions and dying? Do we all recognize the fact that that was absolute propaganda now? This stuff is all very relevant because of who is now in charge and what he thinks. And his position with the World Economic Forum So I truly hope that the queen did not die alone, that she did have her family. This is how CNN reported the death of the queen. And I wish we had video for this. 
because right in the center of it, the lady who's on screen has a face, a facial heart attack. I'm going to go straight to London. I uh, want to bring in CNN royal correspondent uh, Max Foster outside Buckingham Palace. Max, what are you learning? Uh, the Queen has died, um, very sadly. Um, she died peacefully at Balmoral this afternoon. Uh, the King and Queen consort, a reference there to Charles, he automatically becomes king, will remain at Balmoral this evening and will return to London tomorrow. When he announced Queen Consort, that Camilla is now Queen Consort, the, the lady in the middle on the screen had a facial heart attack. The consort, what that means is she'll never be queen. Well, she can't be. She's not from that one family. So she can't be queen. Chuck gets to be king. And Chuck's views are on trial at this, on this episode. I truly, truly hope that she did not have to die alone. These are the words of a British MP. He's asking for an investigation into just that. Into how people were forced to die alone in the UK as his mother died alone. This is somewhat hard to understand. The man is very, very broken up as he speaks. In Northern Ireland, we reached a milestone of 3,000 deaths due to COVID just last week. 3,000 people who, who, who followed the rules and, and grieved today. So, will the paymaster, including my mother in law who died alone, will. <laughs> Will, will the paymaster general confirm that there will be a full and complete disclosure to enable the police service to ascertain it all was done decently and within the regulations at the date and at that time? I'm sorry, Mr. Speaker. Minister, I'm I'm very sorry for his for his loss, Mr. Speaker. Um, the I, he's asking me if um, the results of the investigation will be made public, uh, and they will be. Now, what's not public any longer, because I searched and I searched and I searched and I searched and I searched. There had been an entire series of videos out of the UK, and I should have known better. I should have saved these way back in the day of people locked in these plastic tents begging to touch their loved ones. I had, there was a video we used to play on the radio show. I should have kept the audio version of it, of a woman who is trapped inside an apartment begging to leave. She says, I don't want to die in here. I want to touch my family. Her daughter is there begging, let my mother come and die at home, a young woman not at any material risk for the COVID flu, begging that she be allowed to touch her mother's skin just to touch her. Imagine if you're a parent or a grandparent, well, if you're, if you're a grandparent, you're a parent. If you're a parent, imagine that your child is taken from you and you will never touch them again. They're inches from your hands. You're reaching out to touch their body. You want just one more time to touch their hair. And to this day, I can smell mentally. I can, I, can, I can mentally conjure the smell of my daughter's hair. To this day, I can do that. And to this day, I can spot my daughter out of a crowd of, of 15,000 people. By the way, her head is, is um, the way she holds her head, the way she walks. Imagine that you are inches from your husband, your wife. You simply want to say goodbye. Your parent, you simply want to say goodbye, but the cops say no. The party says, no, you don't get to touch them. I remember when my father died and he exhaled his last breath. This is morbid to some people. Forgive me, but I inhaled as deeply as I could. It was my father's last breath. The last molecules he would exhale. So I inhaled. Because it was in some way a way to take my father with me physically. His soul was very real. He was absolutely, absolutely came to see me. He was in great Great mood, by the way. So the dying is one thing. Life is another. 
the Lord Jesus tells us, he, he insists, he taught. If we accept him as our Lord and Savior and we make disciples in his name, teaching people to follow him, teaching them his word and to follow him, and that we truly repent and that when we sin, we even more fervently repent that he has made a home for us. So the dying alone parts, that's going to meet justice. I firmly believe that God is going to look at that and that's going to meet justice. Because it didn't just happen in the UK, of course it happened in the United States. Lynn Greenwood is contemplating legal action after a hospital prevented a wife from saying goodbye to her husband dying of COVID-19. They found out a couple days too late about a new state law which requires visitation be allowed even during a public health emergency. Wish TV's Dan Klein spoke with the widow's sister as they prepare for his funeral on Monday. Yeah, because of a fatal lung disease, Beth Tollison tells me her sister had been prepared to say goodbye to her husband for some time. But despite begging and pleading for three days, she didn't get that chance. And now they're sharing their story to help others. She'll never, ever see him again. She'll never have that chance to have that interaction with him again. You know, they can't go back and fix it now. They just took that opportunity away. An opportunity for Diane Haupt to say goodbye to her husband, Jim. And these opportunities were stolen from people all around the globe. And instead, they had these measures that were said to be, these are humane measures. And I have no doubt that the nurses in this news story, I have no doubt that their hearts broke for people. There's very few people who get into nursing or to being doctors because they intend to be cruel, but that's the whole point of the new system. I was just chatting with a friend of mine who's a physician's assistant and has been for a long time. And he's talking, he's saying the same thing that a friend of mine who's been a doctor for some 40 years is saying that the new wave of doctors and nurses do not have compassion because they have been taught something quite different. They've been taught to be computers. And I mean it. They've been taught to look at a sick person and get in and out of the room as quickly as possible, to turn to a database to determine what to do, not to think, not to examine, not to explore, not to consider the whole patient, but instead to turn to a database. And the database says, this is what you do for everybody. One size fits all, meaning no sizes fit anybody. This is the new way. Obamacare was part of this. Please understand that Obamacare was the precipitation of the needle rape, but it wasn't done. It, it wasn't done in a catastrophic enough way. If they had thought of doing something like the COVID flu under Barack Obama, it would have been worse because anything against him was racism. So Obamacare was the launching of the ability to get entrepreneurial doctors, the old form doctors out of the business, the doctors who want to investigate and nurses like this, who are coming from a perspective of compassion and to turn it over to people who are now just functionaries of the state. This is why this question about how did the queen die matters. Does she have, did she have functionaries around her or were there people committed to making sure the queen lived as long as the queen wanted to? within the realms of God allowing it because God made the decision as to when the queen died, not the queen, not, not medicine. So did they just put in functionaries looking at computers and saying the queen will get the same treatment as everyone else? No, the, the, the obvious answer is they did not. There are case after case after case as I talk to people in the medical system, there is a desire to simply say, hey, just let them die. That's not the decision a doctor gets to make. Just, just, you know what, this one here, just let them die. Now, I assume a doctor, I guess a doctor can say, hey, I choose not to treat this person. That's within their rights, but it's the medical system. That's why this stuff matters. And that's why the question about how the queen died and the care she got matters because of the king. Because the king, we have a king here. We have kings like Jay Inslee. We have kings like Gavin Newsom. Queens like Kathy Hochul. This is an experimentation with installing a technocratic monarchy. Oh, wait till we get to the part about the social media censoring because the current version of White House spokeslier, she's blaming guess who for censorship. No, guess, guess who they're blaming for censoring social media. It's remarkable.
So this is this this I've no doubt that the the nurses who came up with this idea came up with it from a perspective of care. The fight against COVID-19 is a lonely one with hospital patients battling for survival without family or friends by their side. But two nurses in Brazil have discovered a small way to give a helping hand. They fill and tie latex gloves with warm water, like water balloons, and link them through patients' fingers to mimic the human touch. They call the improvised technique Little Hands of Love. It is something that cannot be explained. It's unbelievable how fast you can see a change in the patient. Semei Arahuju Cunha and Vanessa Formenton developed the method last month as the current brutal surge in COVID-19 was gaining speed. Now, incidentally, um, no offense to those nurses. I'm sure that it was a new thing to them. It's not new. People did this for my dad. But it doesn't replace human touch. If they had tried to keep me from seeing my dying father, I would have forced my way into the room. I would have. I don't think that's a sin. That's not a law. It's not, it's, it's not a Romans 13 violation. I wouldn't, I'd, I'd try my very best not to harm anybody. If God forbid my little girl, and I thought about this during the COVID flu, if my little girl was in the hospital and they said, you can't see her, there would be nothing short of them killing me that would stop them from, that would, that would stop me from getting to her bedside. Nothing in the world short of killing me or forcing me to the ground and locking me in chains would stop me from being at the dead, the bedside of my dying little girl. If someone said, you don't get to see your wife when she's dying. There's nothing that would stop me short of the things I just described. And you'll probably feel the same way, but look how many people accepted it. It's brutality, but not for the queen. And I didn't wish it upon her. I don't get to do that. We are called to love our neighbors as we love ourselves because even the demons like their friends, even dishonest people like their, their fellow thieves. No, we're called to something much higher and it's, there's a reason for that. Is that because it's because God loved us first and better than we can love one another. So what does the new King of England apparently think about all this force that's being applied. But there's a beautiful, beautiful piece of audio from him. There's also these separate financial systems for the elite. I was reading, and now I'm going to forget the amount of money, but I think it equated to uh, like $150 million a year or something that the, the royal family costs Canada. And for what? So they can royal. I mean, yeah, they make trips and they, I guess, under, undertake diplomacy. There's the pensions. Government school teachers like the ones on strike in the separate country of Seattle. Some of those people are pulling in 115 grand a year for nine months of work. And they'll have a pension for the rest of their life. Separate economic system. You know about Congress. Hey, serve three terms and retire with, I think it's 85, 80, 85% of your congressional salary for the rest of your life. Never need to work again. If you're smart with money, even if you're halfway smart, then there's those of us responsible for ourselves. Now, you may have one of those retirement plans. It may have vested and, and you were promised that and that's your money and you should, you should take care of it. But those of us who need to take care of ourselves, we need wise counsel. You know, I, I seek wise counsel all the time now because I've become discipled. I consider Zach Abraham at Bulwark Capital Management to be wise counsel. I got a note from a friend of mine, listens to the podcast, wants me to give him advice on what to do with some money he made selling a home. My advice is this, call Bulwark Capital Management, right? If you're not retired, we talk all the time about risk management for people five to 10 years out from retirement. Yes, in that case, you have to call, not have to, but you really should call Bulwark Capital Management because they tell the truth about the financial system. Their focus is risk management. It's hedge upon hedge. So if you're five to 10 years out, really honestly, with all due respect, I feel like you'd be negligent to not call and at least have the conversation at 866-779-RISK. 
My friend who listens to the podcast is substantially younger from retirement, but John, why are you waiting? Get in touch with Bulwark Capital Management. Begin the relationship now. They're at 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK. You can also go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor, representative of Trek Financial LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor, and the government told me to say all that. So, formerly Prince Charles, now King Charles. He is a member in good standing with the World Economic Forum. In fact, uh, he, and, he and his family, well, I don't know how much production work Chuck did, but he and his family uh, put together this video for the World Economic Forum. And man, it's beautiful visuals. Starts out with the icebergs that uh, they're, you know, they're all melting and the world's all drowning, etc. Beautiful, beautiful visuals, beautiful audio. This is Chuck himself speaking. We have an incredible opportunity to create entirely new sustainable industries, investing in nature as the true engine of our economy. Okay, can I, I'm sorry. <laughs> sometimes, I, sometimes I just can't let stuff go. So let me start again, because that's Chuck. Uh, and, and, you know, I should stop that. That's, that's King Charles. <sighs> I, I just, I don't like monarchy, so I call him Chuck. But that's King Charles, and I, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to do commentary or I will end up, I have a pen over here, I'll be sticking it in my tongue if I don't do commentary throughout. We have an incredible opportunity to create entirely new sustainable industries, investing in nature as the true engine of our economy. Nature, such as having, uh, no longer having people eat something that uh, contains meat. Uh, and instead is a, a byproduct of, of uh, almost weeks of processing and different kinds of plants. And to, to boost the protein into that will put bugs, but not tell you. This will all happen in test tubes, not from green fields where cows run about happy. Uh, until such time as they're dispatched in a humane way, uh, 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 chickens go about hatching, uh, laying eggs in open fields and then free-ranging about to their heart's content. No, we'll be using uh, great large uh, chemical processes uh, to create this food uh, that has been patented uh, by some of my best friends and, and therefore containing, uh, we will then constrain the, the food supplies. The current global crisis has disrupted every aspect of our lives. Nope. The World Economic Forum's decision to treat a flu as a global crisis has disrupted, did disrupt people's lives. But it has also presented us with an extraordinary opportunity, a chance to reset and accelerate efforts to improve the state of our world. But please understand that the World Economic Forum is just a think tank. The Great Reset is just a book. Build Back Better is just an idea, just because everybody says it, just because it's being installed, just because the Great Reset calls for limits on air travel unless they're electric planes, and that's being contemplated, just because the Great Reset calls for an end to you owning a car, and that's being installed in the separate country of California by demanding everybody have an electric car that most people can't afford and will therefore have to rent, but remember, this stuff is just, they're just a friendly think tank with no power in the world. Changing our current trajectory will require bold and imaginative action. Right there, there's pictures of windmills. Changing our current trajectory will require bold action, uh, such as pretending that windmills uh, are in any way sustainable when none of the windmill, none of it uh, can be uh, recycled at all. It all goes into great graveyards of huge windmills uh, that break down every 20 years or so and take a city's worth of petroleum uh, to grease uh, the fan wheels lest they break and fall off, not to mention the fact that they kill birds great and small together with determination and decisive leadership 
In all decisive meaning outside of the democratic norms that our Republican forms of democracy are so slow. That's why we've taken advantage of using the public health system to accomplish what we have here, the same way we went about transing your children uh, after the fashion of some of the Bialian gods who are neither uh, male nor female. You've probably seen the, the picture of the Bialian god uh, with snakes coming out of his, uh, his private areas down below and large female breasts above in the face of a goat. But to secure our future and to prosper, we need to evolve our economic model, putting people and planet at the heart of global value creation. Really, and by doing that, by taxing that which you, abs that you actually exhale, Yes, what comes out of your mouth when you exhale, we intend to tax that because we're busily pretending that that is, in fact, a poison causing the earth to warm inexorably, though, of course, this has happened throughout time on a cyclical basis. If there is one critical lesson we have to learn from this crisis, we need to... This attest has worked beyond our wildest imaginations. Some of the bitter clingers who simply refuse to come under our thumb, well, we've got plans for you. We'll see how you like it when we go and take your access to the foods you enjoy, or perhaps your motor vehicles. We'll see how spicy you feel then, there, female spice singer. But nature at the heart of how we operate. We are on the verge of catalytic breakthroughs that will alter our view of what is possible. Like putting computer chips in people's minds or perhaps installing the basis for some sort of nanotech network into the bloodstreams of people who were conned, blackmailed, forced, or bought off, or charmed, or lied to into taking an injection that never did stop transmission or infection because, in fact, it was never designed to do that. And profitable. Oh, did I mention profitable? Yes, Bill Gates' investments in some of the patents and some of the drugs two years before COVID came out. A $90 million investment, as I understand, now worth almost $900 million. Not bad, Bill. In the framework of a sustainable future, we need nothing short of a paradigm shift, one that inspires action at revolutionary levels and pace. We simply cannot waste any more time. The only limit is our willingness to act. The only limit is our willingness to act. Well, they're willing to act because I cannot believe the hubris of the party and how they view all this. I have more questions about how the queen passed as we lead into where the party intends to go now that they are quadrupling down on getting everybody to get injected. The soda weight loss protocol is, uh, well, it's many things, but one of the things it is, it's independence. It is. The less addicted you are, and I count myself in this, to the packaged foods, the, the, the better off we're going to be able to survive this in style. See, notice the things that the party doesn't want you to have. They don't want you to have access to something very simple. What's in a chicken breast? Chicken. What's in a bill breast? I'm sorry, that's a terrible, terrible visual. What's in a bill chicken breast? Stuff you can't pronounce. What does the party want you to eat? Yes, at Soda Weight Loss, sodaweightloss.com, they do provide packaged foods. Yes, that's a fact. And it's vitally important to kicking your body into the fat burning mode because it's the unwanted fat you want to drop and the muscle you want to maintain. And that's the number they track. They're very scientific. They make sure that they have p-values. What's that mean? It means the ability to predict outcomes. So they track their p-values. If they're good at what they do and they're excellent at it, SOTA stands for state-of-the-art, they'll be able to tell you how much unwanted fat you will drop per week if you adhere to the program. And that equates to money and time. So they track that. But their goal is not to have you eating these packaged foods. 
In fact, during the program, they'll teach you how to cook soda compliant meals. If you want to start with that, I suggest that you do work with the prepackaged foods. It's vital. After you drop the unwanted fat, they help you reintroduce the fresh foods. What's in broccoli? Broccoli. What's in those broccoli chips that are patented? Things you can't pronounce. I ate some the other weekend. They're tasty. But the less addicted we are to that stuff, the more able we'll be able to survive on the things that God made because God created abundance, not shortage. It's man that manufactures shortage because shortage equals profit opportunity, as Chuck just told us there. Pardon me, King Charles. So not only do you feel better, not only can you do more things, not only will you sleep better, not only do people who lose weight commonly snore less, all these things are true. Life expectancy is better. Big pharma gets their hands, doesn't get their hands on you as well. You also gain independence. It's Soda Weight Loss at S-O-T-A, S-O-T-A dot, uh, weight loss dot com, S-O-T-A weight loss dot com. So further questions about uh, the queen and how she died. Do you remember the cuddle curtains? Do you remember this? That there was people who were dying. They put up a condom between them and others. It was a big, long, wall-sized condom to be a proxy for human touch. Um, this is all proven to be unnecessary. But the last question, well, is really about death, is about a process that has begun in Seattle, the separate country of Seattle. Now, I know my father was, um, my father wanted to be cremated and we did that for him. And it was weird. I mean, it was a weird process. It's a weird thing. And I think I've shared with you that when I went to pick up his remains, the, you know, the cremated remains, uh, I knew I wouldn't be able to drive. My now wife drove me. She was my girlfriend at the time, uh, close to being fiance at that point. And when I picked up the, uh, the urn that was wrapped in this paper, they're very tasteful the way they did it, very respectful people. Um, the, the, the container weighed about as much as a baby. And it was like carrying my father home. It was very, very intense, very intensely emotional because his essence, of course, I knew his soul had survived. I know that for a fact, but his essence was down to these base elements and so I know people choose that route. It's, it's my belief that if the Lord Jesus can raise from the dead, and he can, that of course he can reconstitute bodies. I believe that. But there's something about the composting of people that a company in Seattle has done that has always bothered me. And now I've figured out what it is. You're not human anymore at the end of this process. At the end of the process, you cease to be human. The climate crisis at some fundamental level is a soil crisis. Fully embracing myself is organic matter. Just something to rot and decay. Did that happen to the Queen Mother? There is the New York Times that's announced it is time to begin considering eating people. There is no climate crisis. And if it's a soil crisis, well, it's not much of a crisis. If it's a soil crisis, there's a lot of ways to do that that doesn't involve composting people such as planting trees, but we know that that's, we, we know we, we pretend that doesn't work. The New York Times article on it's time to consider eating people. What could possibly be bad about that? Other than the fact that it will make you drenched. Other than the fact that every experiment in cannibalism ends in derangement. Other than the fact that it changes our estimation of one another from people to whom we're to love. The Lord Jesus has said, love your neighbor as yourself. You don't, you don't, you don't go around looking someone in the eye and then decide to eat them. It's, it's cognitively dissonant enough on, on, on animals. It really is. Look, I grew up hunting and I eat meat. And I will tell you, this morning, I was looking at a little baby fawn in the backyard, and it's joy. 
and it was playing in our backyard. And yeah, it comes down and eats our flowers. And sometimes that's bothersome. But the joy of that little thing, the, the, the pure innocence of that little thing, I get my daughter's view on that. She's a vegan and a very committed one. I, I, I absolutely get it as I look in the eyes of that little thing. And then there's the fact that we are made in the image of God, which makes us different. In God's image, we're made. If you regard how the body of the Lord Jesus was treated, and yes, that was a Hebrewic tradition, a Jewish tradition, but if you regard how he was treated, that's how he wanted to be treated. That's how he wanted his body treated after he was killed on the cross. He wanted his body treated that way. If he hadn't wanted that, it wouldn't have happened. He directed all things. So there's a model for these things. And when you are battling a culture of death, because that's what we're battling. We're battling this later this week. I think it's Tuesday. I said on this program, I made a prediction that I actually worried about. I could not believe the words left my mouth. You might remember this last week. I said, I bet you the Democrat Party is going to normalize Satanism in the next four or five years. It happened this week. No, it was this weekend. They, they brought on the monkeypox czar, who's a guy who looks to be someone who goes around wanting to get monkeypox. Um, he's a Satanist. I mean, at this point, the evidence is so thick, he'll have to come out and say, actually, no, I'm not a Satanist. And at that, I wouldn't even believe him. He could go get baptized in water, and I would believe that the water would boil. And I, look, it's his pictures. It's his statements. It's, it's him with the satanic tattoo on his chest or, or, or always wearing something in his chest that's a satanic image. It's, I mean, it's, it, it, well, we'll talk about that next week. No, we'll talk about that Tuesday. Pardon me. So when you're dealing with the culture of death and people normalizing Satanism and they're saying, you're not human anymore at the end of this process. At the end of the process, you cease to be human. The climate crisis. The, and, and, and it goes back to nature is so important, but we're part of nature. See, Chuck Charles, King Charles is saying we need to put nature at the center of this. We're, we are nature. We live in houses and drive cars and ants live in anthills and crawl, uh, crawl on limbs. And chimpanzees often live in trees and on the ground and beat each other up and are warlike animals and sometimes kill for fun. We are part of nature. All of this leads up to why is this relevant? Because they won't stop. Because they're still coming after your children. They're still obsessed with injecting your kids. Why? Why? I've said for three years, none of this is medical because none of this is medical. None of this is about saving lives. None of it. Hey, have you uh, taken the time to simply look at our five-minute focus. We do this as an extra feature, and I didn't know it would be as popular as it is, and it's become pretty popular. In fact, there's a lot of really longtime listeners to the program, like a great supporter of the show, Kathy Mandy, uh, has expressed to me that she thinks that my five-minute focus might be the genius of the show. Um, and if, if so, that's all credit to God. Uh, other people have said that, that they love the five-minute focus, the, the fastest way to grow this program, and, and let me be clear, we had 14% growth uh, month over month again. So, so the Lord has been so gracious, but the graciousness is in providing this relationship you and I have. You guys are the most powerful force in terms of growing the show. And the numbers are these. Like if everybody who listened to the show every day were to share it with 10 friends, particularly friends who know me from Rush Limbaugh's show, God Rest Rush, our show would, it would quadruple month over month very quickly. And what that means for us is a sustainable show that we can do more investment in. So the investment we do now to drive people to the show, like the ad campaign that we've re-upped on gab.com, and on the Gab social media network, we can do more of that. But the other thing we can do is I have a friend of mine who's volunteering to bring us on guests because there's a lot of time involved in that. I, we can do that. I can pay Julie, who, who does social media for us, more money, right? Because right now, I mean, the events we do together, that's some money for Julie. 
But there's a lot of this that can be the, you, you so easy for you to do. The reason I mentioned the five minute focus is it's an easy way to share the show. Your friends can listen to it in five to seven minutes. I rarely go beyond seven minutes. I know five minute focus and it goes seven minutes. Ha ha. Would you do that? Please, if you've made it this far for the show, I assume that the content's meaningful to you and that, that God has put us together for some reason. So would you make a commitment to share the five-minute focus with 10 friends this week, particularly if they listened to Rush's show? It doesn't have to be the case, but it's just every time we meet a Limbaugh listener, they're like, oh my gosh, I miss you. And thank you, Rush, God, and God rest you. So they're not done with any of this. They're not done pushing any of this. This is the so-called, uh, the, the, the White House COVID leader, so-called Dr. Jha. I call him so-called because he's doing harm. Right? The Hippocratic Oath, first do no harm. This man is harming people. He is actively harming people. He is a huckster. He is complicit in murder. These injections are useless they are harmful all too often, all too often. They're deadly. There is no doubt in my mind, and this is going to be proven true, that these, they're not blood clots. They're, they are um, misfolded hemoglobin, apparently, which we discovered last week, misfolded hemoglobin cells that, uh, that make up these huge rubbery things, like worm-like things that they're calling clots, but they're not. A clot is a response of your of of a of a an abrasion in your uh, in your system uh, in your veins your arteries or plaque. That's not what this is. So that stuff is going to kill people for the future. It is interrupting people's ability to have children. And Doctor Job, so called doctor, he's doing harm. He's participating. He's an accomplice to all of this. So here's the simple version. If you're 12 and above and previously vaccinated, it's time to go get an updated COVID-19 shot. Now here are a couple of caveats because there are always a few caveats. If you got a recent infection or were recently vaccinated, it's reasonable to wait a few months. Now we expect millions of people to get the shot this month as folks get back to school, get back to work and get back into their regular routines after the summer. And as the annual flu vaccination campaign kicks into high gear later this month and into early October, we expect millions will choose to get their COVID-19 shot at the same time. Or over the course of the fall, when people go in for routine checkups. The good news is you can get both your flu shot and COVID shot at the same time. It's actually a good idea. I really believe this is why God gave us two arms, one for the flu shot and the other one for the COVID shot. This is a man who works for an atheist and, and, and I think far worse than atheist. Well, I mean, that's actually a misnomer. You're either with God or you're not. Um, this is a man who works for an atheist regime uh, that is now normalizing Satanism. And I'm not joking about that. When I said that last week and I talked about Joe Biden's, the speech Joe Biden was caused to read, told to read, the figurehead was, was said, go read this from a teleprompter and the figurehead does as he's told. I said it was Satan's coming out party. And I, I just, I thought about that. Like, am I really going to say this? And since then, I've noticed some pretty solid thinkers. I mean, like the stream.org said, yeah, that's satanic. Uh, I'm, I'm it's like Benny Johnson. Yep, satanic. And, and I'm watching people agree going, oh my goodness. Art Bell used to talk about um, uh, the, uh, the, the quickening and God rest art, such a kind man, by the way. And yeah, it does feel like that because all of a sudden, things I would say that would take five years for people in talk radio to feel safe saying, it's within a week, we all notice that this is satanic. And so he says, God? And God invented two arms, not to hug our loved ones when they're dying, but to get injected with whatever this so-called doctor says get injected with. Well, I mean, at least we can rest assured that it's been through robust forms of clinical trials. Right, Tony Fauci? Dated vaccine that serves as a boost, as it were, and is directed against the dominant circulating strain that's in society. He's making this up. You have every reason to believe that that is going to be better than 
having a vaccine that isn't highly specific to the circulating strain. It hasn't been proven in a clinical trial what? because we don't have time to do a clinical trial what? because we need to get the vaccine out now because we have such a situation throughout the world and certainly in the United States. The, the, the lawyering in that psychopath's head um, it, 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 I mean, this hasn't been proven in a clinical trial because we don't have time to do a clinical trial because we've got, um, and, and he's thinking, he's thinking, his psychotic psycho brain is thinking, uh, let's see, I can't say that. Uh, we've got uh, such a, a, a situation uh, here in the United States and around, what situation? You mean the situation where the more times you get injected, the more the more screwed up your immune system becomes? That situation? Do you mean that the more often you're injected, the more likely you are to get seriously sick and hospitalized? That? Do you mean that the more often you get injected with the mRNA trash, the more likely you are to in to develop these rubbery worms in your in your body, this this misfolded hemoglobin? That the more likely you are to end up with the spike proteins destroying your testes or launching themselves into your brain because they do cross the blood-brain barrier? That situation? Because there is no other situation, Tony. And he knows that I, there's very few things that the Lord has gifted me with. One of them is to listen to liars talk and, and just watch the lies form. Oh, and speaking of the lies... The White House spokesliar version, whatever, who has her job because she um, is is she says she's a woman. We don't know what that means. We're trying to figure it out. Uh, she says that she has a sexual genital preference for vagina havers, and though she is not a sociologist or a biologist, she's somehow determined, perhaps through a DNA test, that she is a woman of color. But then again, the DNA, we know that doesn't matter because it doesn't make you a man or a woman. So whatever. She has her job for all those reasons. Her job is to read from notebooks on your dime. The lies written by others, presumably, that she then reads from a notebook. And this is taken as she's answering questions. Here she is asked about the censorship campaign, which is not in question now. It's, this isn't doubted. It can't be doubted. It's all written down. It's all in lawsuit discovery. The federal government was directing the censorship of not just Alex Berenson, not just Naomi Wolf, not just Peter McCullough. I'm a little bit hurt that, that I haven't been contacted yet about this lawsuit because I'm feeling like I should have been censored. I'm shadow banned like a savage. But here we have the spokesliar asked about censorship. Um, so, a federal judge talked about the social media uh, lawsuits from Missouri and Louisiana. A federal judge ordered that you have 20 days to turn over emails uh, communicating with social media companies over misinformation and uh, disinformation. Um, what are those emails going to show? So I can't comment. You asked me this question last week. I can't comment on any specifically ongoing uh, litigation. And so, again, I'd refer you, we would refer you to Department of Justice. A couple of things that I would say on just as a general matter on this, uh, as we've said over and over again since the beginning of the administration in our battle against COVID-19, it has been critical for the American people to have access to factual, accurate, science-based information, in, information and ensuring that any media Media platforms have access to latest information on a once-in-a-generation pandemic is something that has been done since the earliest days of the pandemic, beginning under uh, the former president. So this has happened under the former president. I, I cannot say more uh, from here. It is an ongoing uh, litigation, as you know, and so I would uh, refer you to the department. What about if those communications are still happening? Are there frequent contacts between the administration and social media companies? 
So I'll say this, you know, as as we have said before, there has been ongoing work uh, dating to the Trump administration to provide accurate so yes, still doing it. information where folks get their news. Uh, again, this is litigation that is ongoing and is currently happening. Clearly, that's why it's ongoing. And so I would refer to the Department of Justice on that. So, so she just admitted that the, the work is ongoing. Oh, Although, I mean, to be fair to her, those words weren't written down for her to regurgitate pretending to answer. Did you hear what she did? It was the orange man who started the censorship process. <laughs> the orange man who was locked out of Facebook and Twitter, canceled, started his own social network. That orange man started censorship. <laughs> Everything is shifting. And in terms of the comments I've made about the way people choose to die and the way people's bodies are treated, I want to make a comment to wrap this up a little bit. Um, that decision you make, uh, so what is done with your earth remains is, is obviously completely up to you, or I pray it's up to you. And I fully believe that the same God who can reconstitute the bones of Moses and Abraham and bring them into glorified bodies into heaven can do that if you are, if you've chosen to be cremated. And I see no scriptural references to that. I know that the burning of bodies uh, sometimes was because of disease. I think they had to do with that with the body of King Saul because his body had been, had been abused and, and so they had to burn it. But I think that was for disease. If it wasn't for disease, it was often seen as an act of disrespect. Certainly the Romans disrespected the bodies of Christians and others. And still, of course, the Lord can reconstitute that. But the comment about um, this composting, I hope everybody understands the, the, the difference in this. You are always human. Always. And those of you who've been with dying relatives or are going to be, are going to be, that's all of us. Have you talked with your loved ones about what you want that to be like? Now, we don't get to decide that. The Lord decides that. It could be, God forbid, a car accident. You don't get to say goodbye. It could be, you know, it could be a plane accident. All the catastrophes that are unlikely. Many of us will have the opportunity to die in the way we choose. Have you had that conversation with people? <laughs> My great grandpa, he told us <laughs> time and again, don't put me in a home. Don't do it. He broke out. He didn't break out, but he became so obnoxious on purpose because he wasn't an obnoxious man. He became so obnoxious that they kicked him out. I've told the story before. He got his way. He died at home. He kept saying, I just want to die at home. Why do I want to go sit in the hospital bed? I'm going to die. I like my acreage and my farmhouse. I want to die in my bed. Well, you can't get it in out of your bedroom. Put the bed in the front room. What do I care? I'm a dead man. So grandpa got to do that because he got himself kicked out. There are many people who don't want to extend life. Please respect that. It's not about suicide. That's stealing from God. But many people don't want to extend life. Extend life. They're ready. If you're ever in a situation like I was, I get this. When my father was dying and it was a foregone conclusion, he was going to die. His, 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 all his organs were shutting down. His brother, my uncle, who loved my, my father dearly, he's a, he's a beautiful man. He came into the hospital and he said to my dad, big guy, this is when you need to fight it. You got to fight hard. And I went and I put my, my hands on my uncle's hand. And I said, uncle, no, no, please don't say that. It, the, the organs are shutting down. He'll fight for you. He needs to know you're okay. And my uncle said, big guy, I'm going to miss you. He couldn't quite bring himself to say, I love you. But my father knew. And we encouraged my father throughout the night. It's okay. 
It's okay. My dad would not die on the 4th of July. I've told you before. He refused. He waited till the 5th because the 4th was our favorite family day, Independence Day. Please have these conversations. And you can treat them as morbidly as you like or treat it as a morbid topic, but it's a reality. And for those of us who are going to the Lord, it's one of the greatest moments of witness that we have for our families to say, it's okay, I know where I'm going. It's one of the greatest forms of sharing, of being a disciple, of making disciples to say, hey, I'm good. I know where I'm going. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind. And remember, I think God is giving us the hardest to fail, pass-fail test in the world. And thank you, Lord Jesus, for that.